Whilst Dovett Powers Police have made improvements in recent years, there were still failings, although they have been praised for dealing with more complicated crimes involving modern slavery. The reports state that in most cases where the force fails to record domestic abuse crimes, officers and staff do not complete domestic abuse, stalking and harassment assessments. There is also limited supervision to correct these recording decisions at the earliest opportunity. There is strong leadership and the positive approach among most officers and staff towards victims is welcomed in the report and since its publication, David Powers Police have acted to make sure that every missed crime was found retrospectively recorded and assessed for investigation. Pembrokeshire County Council are proposing to cut bus services in the county due to severe financial pressures and members of the public can make their views known in the consultation process before the December the 31st deadline. Cuts in the Welsh Government and County Council's transport budget means that the funding allocated to the passenger transport services will be drastically reduced, explained Councillor Phil Baker, Cabinet Member for Transport and Infrastructure, who also highlighted some local bus services were operated commercially in Pembrokeshire, the vast majority however subsidised by the County Council. Councillor Baker wants the public to inform the council which bus services are important so that future changes have the least negative impact. Questionnaires are also available on local buses and at libraries, leisure centres and at other customer service centres. Milford Havers Rob and Steve Davis, owners of the joinery shop Davis and Davis, have made a new Christmas crib for the Rotary Garden at the junction of Stainton and Castle Pill Road in memory of their late father, who made a crib in the 1980s which still stands in the town's memorial gardens opposite the town hall. The Rotary Garden in Stainton is maintained by volunteers from the local club, who also managed to find nativity figures which will decorate the inside of the Christmas crib. It was unveiled by Mayor of Milford Haven, Councillor Rose Gray, on Saturday, with a dedication by the Vicar of St Peter and St Kerberth's John Cecil, when those present returned to the church hall for refreshments. For all our younger listeners, they will be pleased to hear Father Christmas will be visiting Prendigas Church Hall on Saturday, December the 15th, to hand out presents and hear the Christmas wishes of local children. He has taken time out of his busy schedule to make sure he visits the hall for three sessions throughout the day, starting at half past ten in the morning, primarily for those children with ASD or additional needs, who find a noisy or busy environment difficult. He will also be in his grotto at 12.30pm and 2.30pm, with tickets costing £3 from Stems from Sarah, Mike's Bikes and Envy, the price including a gift, games and storytelling. Further information can be sought from the coordinating elf, Prendigas Ward County Councillor Alison Tudor, who received a grant to support the visit of Father Christmas from Haverford West Town Council. In local sport, Championship High Flyers Narberth returned with a 13-7 success from their trip to Newbridge on Saturday. Winger Nick Gales booked landing eight points to cement their fourth position in the table, ahead of home games against Redevelling and Newcastle Emlyn to come before Christmas. All three local sides in Division 1 West lost on their travels. Whitland losing 17-3 at Dunvant, Crimach 27-24 at Langenach, whilst Tembe United fell 34-12 to leave them stranded second from bottom in the table and seven points from safety. In Division 3 West, Milford Haven went joint top of the table due to Haverford West's cup exploits, as they won 32-6 at Langham. St David's conceded 102 points for the second game in succession, scoring just three in their defeat at Cardigan, with Pembroke Dock Quinns losing 59-5 at Tregaron. Haverford West agonisingly bowed out of the National Bowl at Tylerstown, who scored at the end of their fourth round encounter to secure a narrow 12-11 victory. I'm Jonathan Twigg, and you're up to date with all your local Pembrokeshire news, here on Pure West Radio. For competitions and local news, follow Pure West Radio on Facebook. Pure West Radio. God willing, and with a following breeze, we're back we're with back. the West Files. Hopefully, all in one piece. Yeah, I'm just wondering how long it'll last before we get another wobbly. Oh, unfortunately, yes, uh, Cicely and Amelia have to venture. Oh, no, sorry. You know just you when we were enjoying you, ourselves. You know it's haunted out there. Oh, listen. As well as haunted in here. You won't get rid of me. Right, then, you're looking after me. Here will be haunted by me. Very oh. cool, but. <laughs> 
just just remind us one more time what's so, what what's happening when's it happening and how can people be there it's a christmas ghost story um with just, musical interludes yeah, by the way yeah and mince pies Mince pies, and mulled wine. wine. And mulled wine. Tickets are £6. You can buy them on <laughs> the internet. Um, if you go to our Facebook page, which is Have a Hub, or facebook.com forward slash the number for Have a, like for Have a West, change, for Have a Change. Uh, and there are links on there to buy mm. them. Uh, or you can get tickets on the door on the night. Um, doors are 7, performance from 7.30 till about 10. And um, we'd love to see you all there. And it's over 12? Yeah, 12 plus. And actually, I should say, probably dress warmly. We have got a new heater, but it is ultimately... Our oh, venue is beautiful, but cold. Very chilly. <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to go yeah. because this is brilliant. And I think, let's go and support you because we need more of this. We haven't got a lot of culture and theatre and, and yeah. performance in Pembrokeshire. No. I'm going to go. So everyone, go. Thanks. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks so much for having us on. Been it's been an absolute a real pleasure. Joy. Been amazing. Thank um, you very much. It's been good to see you. Unless you were responsible for the demon in this room. Yes. Uh, I am the demon in this room. In which case, then we're not yeah. having you back. Which case, <laughs> get out. Well, we might be rubbing shoulders with Have a Hub yeah. in 2019. But we'll say no. We have Sounds pretty exciting. But I'm going to fade down the microphones. I'm going to hit the play some of the Christmassy music while we rearrange the studio. Yeah. Again. Again. Let's have some chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Oh, any reference? We're not going there. <laughs> <laughs> Get your chestnuts and roast them on an open fire. You need my chestnuts. What a way to spend Christmas. Yes. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe Help to make the season bright Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow Will find it hard to sleep tonight they know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly And so I'm this simple phrase To kids from one to ninety-two Although it's been said Many times, many ways Merry Christmas to Kids from one to ninety-two Although it's been said Many times, many ways Merry Christmas To
welcome to the West Files. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been rather a strange show tonight. I don't know who to blame. I don't know whether to. Well, you put your hand up, but no one can see me put my hand up. No, but I saw you <laughs> out I... there in the gloom on the other side of the desk. Maybe I put an attachment in or something. I'm not gifted. I'm not like psychic or anything. I can't, you know, when I said about Victorian girl, I, I mean, can't I, really see one. I, I, I'm sitting here clutching a copy of um, The Haunted Horror of Haverford West, which is actually the sequel to your first book about this same building, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a pre-sequel. It's, it's based in 1989. Prequel. Prequel. Prequel, pre-sequel, yeah. pre-sequel. It's a, it's a follow-up. To well, I meant sequel as in, yeah, it's the follow-up, but it's actually the before. It's like Star Wars. <laughs> it's like Star Wars. <laughs> they were horrible films, yeah. um, and it's yeah, set in 1989 to 91, and it's a different account by people who did live at the house. I can verify they lived at the house, mm-hmm. but obviously I don't know what happened to them. It was real or not? But I did interview, and yeah, it was terrifying. And what happened to me was like a trip to Oakwood as opposed to what they had to endure if they endured it at all. But it was terrifying what they went through. What what prompted you to write the second prequel sequel? I was done with the house. My catharsism was that. And as I said earlier, the, the whole thing about the Tetra masts and the fact I was psychologically in a very bad place, I was kind mm. of quite happy with the rational explanation. Despite the fact that I love, it's like I love ghost stories. I love things of that nature. I love classical literature in terms of ghost stories and things of that nature. But to be involved in it, you know, it's all very well going out on a ghost hunt. But when when you're living in it and there's a perception that it's turning your 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 life apart and your relationship, it's very difficult to live with. It's like if you were really into true crimes mm-hmm. and then you're someone in your family is killed by a serial killer there's a big difference from being interested in it and then experiencing it so i was done with it and i got on with my life and i helped people with dependency and was able to help people with learning difficulties through various charitable things and all really really good things came off it and i felt i turned the corner and then obviously the ghost sex stuff came on which you can all have a copy of just uh, give me an email and I did an int- an article in Take a Break in August 2015 where I said, look, it was my story. I, I changed my name to John because I was just trying to disassociate myself from the events. And that was that, you know. And loads of people were like, oh, it's really cool. I've had similar experiences. And then, bump, I get an email. It's from a woman saying I lived in that house and she identified the street and she identified the house. And then she produced the documents to show they lived there. And I was like, oh, my God. And so I met up with them reluctantly, and they started telling me this story. I just why reluctantly? Because here is the validation for what goes from um, a simple story, an account, to a second independent set of witnesses. I didn't want the validation, Steve. I was comfortable within the realms of my mind. Mm-hmm. I was very comfortable with the rationale in my head of what had happened. Yeah, so I was comfortable with that. I'd moved on. It was like I'd got over it and there was no ghosts. It was a perceived haunting. There's lots of weird things happening. Yes, are unexplainable. Mm-hmm. And as in this new book, Haunted Horror of Havard West, for the people who are a bit unsure about these things, I presented like about 40 pages of rational mm. explanations uh, from toxic mold to tetra, yeah, yeah. Uh, gas and everything. But that strikes me as even more bizarre then that you've moved on you get this communication describing the building and then you then you choose to relive the experience again they wanted the same catharsism i had they wanted to unburden themselves they were scared of ridicule they were scared of the skeptics there's a lot of trolls out there that won't try and comprehend they'll just attack 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 and Mm -hmm. these are ordinary Pembrokeshire people like yourself you know they've worked hard all their lives and they had a weird experience in 1989 to 91, and they're just trying to make sense of it. And I oh, I didn't want to do it, but I did it. And then as I'm going through it, the interviews were okay, because I was kind of, I know this sounds really awful, but I was kind of open they'd slip up. So I could say, ah, oh, okay, you're having me on you. Thank you very much for your time. Good luck, whatever you do. And they were really good people. And I interviewed them different ways together, separate, cross-examined, and we started to build the, the chronological timeline. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was working through the notes that it had that impact on me, and I started to feel myself slip mentally again. 
and I was committed to it by then and hopefully this is it now I, I can't do this again I can't keep doing this now people say oh, what well, an idiot well, what's it to be worried about it's just you know these things don't exist whether they exist or not it's still having a profound effect on my mind um, I ended up having a mini stroke in 2000 and uh, last November was that 2017 so I've got one more book which I started in 2015 where I've interviewed a young woman who claimed she was abducted by aliens and it's a very surreal tale and after that I'm done what will you what will you do JK then? Rowling said that though yeah I'll, 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 <laughs> what I will do is I will the I lo I'm never going to not love the ghost story stuff. I'm never not going to love the stuff that the, the girls from the Harvard Hub are talking about with their event on Thursday. Mm -hmm. That element I'm always going to love. Well, yeah. What will you actually do? I mean, if that, this is what, how long have you been doing this now? 2013. Yeah. So you've had a few years where you've been writing books, getting all the, the interviews and everything. If that's it, you're done. What do you fall back on? What do you, what will you go and do then? I'm going to keep writing and I'm probably going to just focus on ghost stories. Like just stuff like Steve said to me the other day on Facebook, he was like, uh, you know, like, you know, I have a chat to you about how to ask ghost stories. And like a lot of them I can't say about because they're in private properties. OK, uh, I was remembering about, do you know the one about the old bridge? About the drunk who fell into the water yes. and got stuck in yes. the mud? Yes. And the water came up and up yes, and up. I know that one. That there's loads of stories out there I'd like to explore. Like mm. this great, what's his name? Ba Brian John? Yes. Yeah. Who's, been, who's been a guest yeah. several times. Yeah. Amazing guy, like a huge inspiration to me. And I thought I'd probably go the route of ghost stories and um, there's little avenues like possibly I might write a fictional, just put out mm. of it, a fictional account of maybe the origin of the house, just from the little bits of scraps we've got. So you're going to work on sort of more... Fiction. Fiction yeah, stories, yeah, yeah. but also perhaps those that have been written down and just put yeah. in a book. And so you're not going to completely give up then. I'm not going to completely give up, but the interview style it takes a lot out of me. And mm. it's a very emotional, like, if anyone's ever worked with me, I am just energy. I just, I put 100% enthusiasm and my brain has real problems shutting down. I'm, I'm, in, I'm up late at night and I can't sleep and my mind is battling itself and it's like a whirlwind and it's all this creativity and in amongst it is all this like self-doubt and, and, and like all this kind of negative. Well, it's a sign of a creative though, isn't well, it? Well, yeah. And, and, um, and battling mm. my head and, and, my, and I get, it gets me very frustrated. So I'll still write. Now, what I want to do is, um, you know, I do a lot with sales and marketing. Um, I'm doing bits in Pembrokeshire, just helping people out when I can. Um, and when I'm healthy and up to 100%, I'll, I'll go back into to sales and marketing. Mm. And also, I want to get into motivation because there's a lot of people out there. Um, they're suffering. They've got anxieties, uh, you know, depression. And I want to be, you know, not in a profitable way, but I'd like to give them some support if I can through different programs and books and things they can pick up and just encourage people to talk about that. So Haunted Horror of Halford West, it was... It was it was a bit of a shock and it did bring me back down. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you, it did. I'm not saying it was responsible for the mini stroke or anything. That was my own fault. I was running call centers all over the world and living on four hours sleep and that wasn't good for me and I just crashed. And part of me is like, oh yeah, but you want to keep doing it, don't you? Like we had a book sign in at Victoria Bookshop and I was saying to the girls earlier, they were saying, what if no one comes to my event? I was like, no, everyone's going to go to your event because it'd be amazing. That's Thursday night, people. Go to have a hub. It's going to be amazing ghost stories. And I was like, what if no one turns up to my book sign in? And part of me is really comfortable with that. It's like, maybe that's for the best because there's no pressure. Friends will come on. And then I said, like, what if skeptics come out and start attacking me? You know, there's, there's been a couple of, you know, really, like one in particular really made my life hell for a long time. And I nearly gave up. And I'm glad I didn't because I've, I've been able to do something amazing. And, you I, know, I, I have great difficulty because I'm supposed to promote my books. Mm. And I can't, you know. You like, should, Steve. They're no, I, it, it's, it's not, it's, it's not, um, it's an inability to sell them, you yeah. know, to promote them. Yeah. This idea of sitting in the corner of a bookstore book on a Saturday, going you know, with the table full of books, uh, please buy my book, or sitting at a paracon with a table full of books, trying to, you know, I'll give you a signed copy. It's just, it's just not 
It's not you, yeah, it's not not you, is it? I was kind of hoping no one would turn up. I can't do it. And then Bethan, who's awesome, she organised it down at Victoria Bookshop. And she messaged me about quarter past ten and said, I'm really, really sorry, but I think we've sold out. And I don't know how many laps of Hufford West I did, thinking, can I do this, can I do this? And I went in. And the thing is, anyone who knows me, when I'm in my sales environment, you know, know, I'm, I'm, I'm the loudest person you hear, I'm the most confident person you'll hear. You know, I'm passionate and I really want to encourage and inspire people to bring the best out of them. But then, as you said, when that focuses on you, it's all very well being sat at your desk on Skype at home and then you're coming in the studio and you're like, oh, my God. And all these people came in and everyone's like, oh, my God, I loved your first book. Oh, my God, is it, where is the house? What happened? Are you going to write another? I want to know more about the house. And all these people came in and it was so well received and I was so humbled and so grateful. And I was like, if maybe maybe i can inspire someone else to write maybe there's someone else i'm dyslexic i'm not an educated man i'm from merlin's bridge i'm proud of where i'm from if i can encourage someone else to pursue writing or arts or drama or find a creative avenue then do it i'm also a publisher for sixth books uh which is part of the john hunt publishing group um they were so impressed with my figures for most wanted house and my marketing plan for this that they were like can you help us find more more paranormal writers mm. you know and, and metaphysics and all of those kind of good stuff and i want to encourage people so if anyone's out there you've written something you want to yeah. write something get in mm. touch with me Six. like steve you're a profound Six. writer uh, no i'm an accidental writer <laughs> what <laughs> no seriously i i for years my unique selling point is i would go to these events and they would say oh we we've, can you come and give us a talk uh, we don't we don't pay you, but you can have a table to sell stuff. And I said, well, I've got nothing to sell. I haven't written any books. Mm. And I always said, I'm never going to write a book about ghost hunting because there's 101 books out there about ghost hunting. And how would you ever tell mine from somebody else's? Yeah. And, you know, can you ever discern that the information in mine is any more reliable yeah. in, than in one of these others that written by a, you know, a wacky American television presenter? So I thought, there's no point. I won't bother. And that became a unique selling point. I used to laugh at people going, ha, because I have another radio show tomorrow night uh, called Ghost Chronicles International. Listen to it, it's brilliant. Which... Um, yet, but don't tell him. <laughs> we have every week, or we used to every week, have a guest. And the guest is always somebody who's written. And it was always, because they're Americans, they would always introduce themselves, firstly, as an author. Mm. Most of them were self-published on Amazon or yeah or apple <coughs> books or you know crayon books and in fact no some of them look like they've been written um whoops and um we used to like oh no it became a unique selling point you, know, you can't introduce me as an author because i've never written a book anyway for a long time i used to do um like a, a study day for those people that wanted to investigate phenomena and it was called ghostology and we I, I, I was, I've always been benevolent and I always used to get you know, annoyed myself sitting in these courses when you had to spend the entire day scribbling notes. Mm. So I used to give them course notes. I'd say, you don't have to write anything down, it's all done, you'll get a set of course notes at the end of the day. I was over in the States doing ghostology and rather than take over a bundle of these, I decided to print them off on a friend's computer. Mm. And after four hours of sitting on his computer using up his two sets <laughs> of ink cartridges, Oops. he said to me, you should turn this into a freaking book. Uh, and at that moment, I realised it would actually yeah. be beneficial yeah. to actually turn it into a book. So yeah. I wrote the book, um, and then it went wrong. And then Why, it, what do you mean, it went wrong? Well, it went wrong because then I had to do another one. Oh, and yeah, end, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's just, and that's good. So from, like, I don't want to write a book and I've, you know, my unique selling point is I hadn't written a book is as number fours on the number fours on the slipway as we speak. Yeah. Uh, Did you know your book has been... I've got a YouTube show. I, I haven't got time. I do about one a month if I can do that. It's called The Paranormal Chronicles Network on YouTube, okay? And your book often appears on that because uh, every year we do a year in review. And so we got the balance. We were talking about the balance uh, earlier. There's a, a lady and she's a huge fan of you. Right. And I don't know if you've ever met her. She won't be. She probably won't listen. I'll tell her to listen. Her name's Claire Elliott. Oh, yes. I, I can't pronounce it. Is it the, the skeptical parapsychology? It's all P's and S's and R's. Parapsychology 
Skeptica. Oh, suspect. Or something like that. Yeah, the... Uh, yeah, I know And what you she's mean. got a brilliant blog, and she's featured in Horror, Haunted Horror of Half of the West, because I wanted the skeptic's mm-hmm. perspective as well. And on her, her blog is her bookshelf, and your book on acoustics? Yeah, power acoustics. acoustics is on there. <coughs> yeah. So, well, you, the, the 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 weird thing is, is uh, selling it is. I mean, I did. I don't even. I don't, I looked at the Amazon sales figures. I don't think I've ever looked at the the sales ranking for on Amazon. But um, Ghostology, um, the one with the lurid, silly green cover, and the new guidance notes are both um, the course books mm. for the university the top parapsychology department universities in the uk mm. the usa australia and it's like uh, that's legacy Steve. Yeah, your like, legacy long like, after your days well, right people are going to yeah. be studying because this subject's never going to go away it's never going to go away because it's always going to be that need because it's always going to be there even if we live on mars there'll be ghosts on mars the only time i've ever been crossed was langham literary festival because mm. I, I well i live just outside langham and yeah. they have this literary festival every year and they invite you know, the great mm. and the good, and they're all waffling on about. Um, and I contacted them. I said, "Look, you know, I'm a local author. Yeah. I've got some books. Mm. I could do a talk. You know, I've done a few." And they went, "Oh no, 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 that's not the sort of thing we want. Um, we want we want fictional authors because we hold them in great great esteem for people that just sit and make stuff up." Uh, so the reality of life. Yeah, is I mean, if what you, they write, want. you put your whole you, life in a study, write, if you're writing like like this book, your book. A non-fiction, an account of non-fiction. Yeah, you have to be way more precise. Yes, in your research, in the your construction of mm. what you're writing and how, what you're saying, how you're saying things. You have to be mindful of the impact it has on the reader, on the people that are in in the book. You know, I mean, it would be easy to write fiction. Well, Howard Hughes, I had an interview with him the other night. Not the dead billionaire. Not, no. the, not the aviator. No. no. The spruce moose. No. With his long fingernails and all. Um, I had an interview with him, and I was kind of warned, you know, he's going to be tough on you. And, well, if I'm going to write a book about this, I've got to expect some backlash and mm. tough questions, okay? And he said to me off here, you can listen to the interview. I'll put it up on my things. It only came out tonight, okay? And he said, can I give you a bit of advice? I said, of course. He said, when you write your next book, say that it's fiction because you will make a lot more money. He said, it'll be a Netflix series, a film. And I said, well, okay. But I said, but I did actually interview people. And if people want to take it as fiction, that's fine. What happened to that couple in 1989 to is horrendous. It's you know so what surreal. you've got to do is write based on the true story. Yeah. On he, the front cover. If I said it was... If, <laughs> I, if, if, I, if I put it, it's true, people will say it's fake. And if I say it's fake, people say, well, you're doing injustice to people who said it did happen. So read the book and make up your own mind. And if you don't like it, then don't read a book called Haunted Horror of Hufford West. Well, I've, I only finished it yesterday. Um, and I found it fascinating for the, for the way that the interviews were conducted. Because um, there are ways to ask people questions in the right way from from a psychology perspective and completely the wrong way uh the way that is employed by most paranormal investigators and i have to say that your questioning i couldn't find fault with it i when i'm not a paranormal leading them in you know that we try to stay away from my experience because it's very easy to compare well did, did you have this did you have that and it's a very tough process because at the beginning everyone is like they're like cats looking at each other from the side. Like, no one wants to... They're sceptical of me. Mm-hmm. I'm sceptical of them. He's going to break cover yeah. first. And it's that feeling out <coughs> process. And by the end, I was going over for Sunday dinner, and we would talk about it, and they'd open up. So, like, I was, like, nervous about meeting you because I've never met you. You've got a great reputation. I think you're absolutely superb what you do. And then, like, there's a bit of history, like, we weren't familiar with. And you you get into that comfort, and you're like, you've both put me at ease, and you've been brilliant for me and those young ladies earlier and then you just talk Mm. and you open up Mm. and you express yourself and your body language and before you know it they're back where they were and that's what I will do I will bring them back to where they were when people say about I I wouldn't I don't know what what you call I'm just a writer okay I'm not an author I'm just a writer I write down what people tell me I spend a lot of time interviewing them 
I'm not an investigator. I don't go around graveyards with a night vision camera or anything like that anymore. I don't shout, show yourself and all of that. <laughs> People want to do that. They can do that. Okay, that's not me. I get really bored in ghost hunts. You try in so hard to see something. You're like staring like harder than you can. And you're so su suggestible. And then you're surprised when you do. Mm. And then, yeah, everyone starts freaking out, man. <laughs> ah, there's a ghost. Yeah, that's why we're here. It's like going to a football match. Somebody scores. Go, oh my God, they just scored. What's going on? I don't like this. And most... It's a good analogy. It's like fishermen running away from fish. Oh, yeah. there's a fish in the water, run! But like Steve will tell you, right, most of these events, it's very little will happen on the first night or the second night or the third night or the fourth night. You have to spend a huge amount of time in, a, in an area and it's when you switch off. Yeah. Then you'll, something will happen. And by that time, you'll be like, I don't know what I just saw like with ghost sex violation which email me paranormalchronicles at aol.com you can have your own copy of Friday Midnight yeah. yes and, uh, and he said that only exclusive for the West Files on Pure West Radio a studio based in Pembrokeshire thank you very much for that and um, I spent a week at the house I brought all my gimmicks for me you know all your different cameras and all of this and your motion centers, sensors and it was just, I just stayed at someone's house for a week. Now, yeah, I did think, what if I wake up in the night and my trousers around my ankles? Well, I did think that. But apart from a few odd dreams, nothing happened. But there was no point going to that house for four hours, charging, you know. I'll tell you what, Steve, you go in this house, it's 50 quid a night. I noticed, actually, you, I mean, in terms of some of your uh, prom uh, promotions on Facebook, one of the ones you put on, was it today or yesterday, was would you like to spend time here? And inevitably, I mean, you know what's going to happen mm. next. There was there was a huge run of the of the macho and whatever mm. the female version of the oh. macho is. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course yeah. I would. Of course I would. Of course I would. But in reality, if you shut the door on these people and they're on their own, mm. you know, the, the 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 bravado soon melts away. Of course, I one day I would like oh, to buy the house. Right. If I could mm. afford to buy the house again, I would buy it. And I mean this, Steve, I would, if you wanted to, you, you, you two could have the keys first. Right? Yeah, well, and I mean what that. intrigues me, though, is, is the effect it's had on you. I'm not going back in. Ah, I see. I'm not. I'm done. Like, there's enough pain for me. It's not like, it sounds really soppy, but the ghosts are more than the ghosts of the paranormal. There's a lot of ghosts here for me in terms of lost love, what could have been blissful beginnings, all of that. And it hurt me, and you know, I spiraled out of control. I was a lot younger than I am, obviously, and lads at a certain age, we hit the booze and we do all kinds of stupid things and we make questionable judgments and we do stupid things. And I took count, Billy, all, all for that. And I've written Haunted Horror of Halford West. It's out there now. That's it. I don't think I could go in, but would you go? You'd go, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't I mean, worry about it. I've been in probably most of the top I've been in plenty of places where people say I can't survive a night there and and I don't know whether I don't know whether it's I think my psyche helps me because there is no fear of the paranormal uh, and so because there is no fear mm. there is no intrinsic le uh, sort of legacy of oh that's a bit scary and then you get nervous and then you get jumpy and then it builds upon itself you know fear begats fear which is it the same thing as if you just go in there and it's dark anyway before oh, you even start. I mean, we've I've yeah. been involved in in innumerable experiments where you can where fear creates, you know. Yeah. Uh, you go straight into a darkened room from a light room and the door shut on you. Well, we were up in Scotland at, in one uh, in one place. Uh, it was actually um, Rosslyn Castle. Famous for the Da Vinci Code, uh, the oh, chapel, yeah. chapel oh, yeah. at the top of the yeah, hill. Yeah. And we had might, yeah. we had the castle for a couple of weeks. Oh, nice! And the kitchen was the hub of the building. Everybody was in the kitchen. It was the the sort of place where you hung out, where you know you sat and drank coffee, and everybody. I mean, we were living in the castle. Yeah. And it was a a room that everybody was completely familiar with. And they've been there. They've been there for two weeks. Mm. And on the second penultimate night, what we did is we put people into the kitchen one by one and just turned the lights off. Now this was a room that they were intimately familiar they with. They knew exactly where everything was. Nobody lasted more than twenty minutes. Good God! Because even the familiar vases of flowers um, that they you know they knew when yeah. they were there, they were lit up. They were at night. 
just a dim light coming from there was some lighting across the, the the valley on the other side and the shadows and everything suddenly becomes deeply unfamiliar and deeply unnerving and they know that the castles have got a ghost mm. and they know that one, uh, uh, yeah. they and know that up. Yeah. yeah they're there looking for ghosts so it, it doesn't matter how much bravado there is or how much oh, i can do that um for me i have a number of advantages because I've been doing it for a very long time, which removes a lot of the fear. Mm. But also, there are other advantages, you know, through through the acquired sort of continual studying mm. this yeah. thing for over forty years. And I, I would hate to run away, because it would be the fisherman running away from the <laughs> fish. Yeah, but surely the whole idea, if you're doing something like that, the whole idea at the end of the day is, if something happens, that's what you're baiting for. So that speech. way you can prove it, disprove it, or whatever. Surely that's what it's for. I've got to admit, I've never done anything like it. I'd love to. I don't know how I'd react. I'd probably just sit there and get bored after 20 minutes. But Do you know what? One day in the future, right? Long, like, like say, five, six years, right? We'll keep in touch, be friends, right? And I'll say, come over for dinner one night, right? You say, come over, right? Well, come over to my house for dinner. And then me and my girlfriend get up. And you say, where are you going? I'll say, you're here. And I'll give you the keys to in a light off. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but I, I've done so much work on clay lanes, right? Now, when I grew up, clay lanes, oh. like I used to walk it every day. Mm. And I, in the community I, I grew up in Millersville was great. Your, your next one, you know, your front door's always open. Your next one, neighbours were always like hanging around. They were great. So, and there's a lot of them are like widows, like older women and stuff. And they tell you these amazing ghost stories, right? And when you're a kid, you're very susceptible. So... I started, I remembered all of them, and as soon as I could, I started writing them down about Clay Lanes, right? And so we, we got, you know, the White Lady of the Ruins, and we got the Goodridge Taxi story about the Phantom Hitchhiker, and people said they've seen orbs and predators and all this kind of stuff, right? And I was walking down Clay Lanes, half five one morning to get the bus, uh, get the train, and I was walking along. I was like, what's going on? I started getting the fear. It's like, Gav, why are you getting the fear? You <laughs> wrote most of these, right? Yeah. You, know, you know half of these are just old wives' tales trying to scare you, right? I was walking down the pitch. You go down towards a little hamlet down there, mm. and there was a shadow, and I filled my pants. I was terrified, <laughs> right? And next time, I was, oh, who's there? Who's there? And there's a woman, and she shone a torch in my face. She was walking a dog. And she said, who are you? Who are you? And I said, I'm just, I'm just going to train station. I was sweating. I was in a suit. And all. she's like, what are you doing? Going to train station. She said, I've heard stories of ghosts down here. And I said, so have I. And I, and I, and I sauntered off. But I was terrified by my own material. Yeah. Because it's susceptible. Like, mm. this building, I could save a night here and nothing had happened. But Steve has told me that, you know, there might be some odd goings oh, on. I, one of the things that were, I mean, public events uh, are very popular. And one of the things that if people are paying 10, 20, 30, 40, 60, 70 pound for a night um, and you ha they they want to be frightened. Yeah. They're there. Yeah. I mean, the modern ghost hunt has taken the role of the the cinema trip with friends to see a horror film in the 70s. Yeah. It used to be that on Saturday night, you and your few mates would, you know, you'd all go off and watch The Exorcist or, yeah. or some other spooky yeah. uh, movie. But then Most Haunted came along in, in early 2000, combined with the advent of social media a couple of years later. And we're in this idea of people suddenly realise that they too can do this. <coughs> you can do this. Because if, <coughs> a, if a makeup lady and a, and a couple of failed television presenters and a cameraman can go off and do this, then anybody can. Mm. And so people started to form paranormal groups and paranormal teams. Inspired me. And... and the situation changed and of course that the other problem was ma mainstream academic parapsychology disconnected immediately from this media generation mm. didn't reach out to them in any way and said hey look you know we've been we've been around for 150 years yeah, we've been um, studying all this talk to yeah. us whoa <laughs> whoa <laughs> hang on a minute let's um can i just interrupt a moment yes. Hello, you're live on the radio. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Helen. Hi, Helen. Is there anything you want to say to the listeners of the West Files? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later. See you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's crazy. This is the craziest show I've ever been on. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> <It's been> amazing. <laughs>
I don't think David Schrader. <laughs> Helen, call Dave Schrader tonight. That'd be amazing. No, I mean, actually, Helen's interrupted on. She, she's actually interrupted when we were filming an episode of uh, Most Haunted, um, which resulted in one of the best outtakes that ever took place on the program. Unfortunately, the public never got to see it. Um, we, we were in Manchester filming, and uh, Helen phones in the middle of Richard Felix and I filming our section for the Most Haunted Extra. With a bowl of courgettes. Oh. I'm not even asking. Oh, nice. I'm not going to explain. I'm not asking. <laughs> but Helen, <laughs> Helen, I think asked. Uh, I tried to get rid of her. Richard leapt to a defence, saying he was going to call child support services. And then I think it was Helen asked the difference between a courgette and a cucumber. Mm. And of course, that was I it. had the camera, and Richard's holding a courgette. And the outtakes. <laughs> oh, my God. It, was, it was legendary. Oh, I'd have um, cried. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we were. We it took over an hour to film the to get that short shot that we needed because we just couldn't. We no, just couldn't pull it I couldn't do it. When you think, Steve, and I mean this sincerely, when you think about what you've accomplished, you should. I know, like you're not that that guy. You know. But you should be so proud of what you've done. You know the most haunted stuff, the ghostology, the fact that universe, amazing. I, I, I like. I've I, never I had the proud opportunity. Of most I, like, <laughs> no, but it's it was an experience. It's an experience. It's Do you know. I actually enjoyed some because before most haunted, it was famous and frightened, mm. which was probably the crassest television paranormal television. Can't show. remember that. I was probably. Drunk. I vaguely remember the, the name. The, yeah. But the, the the thing about it, about those shows was, as I was saying before, Helen called was that they gave people this idea that they could do it and, par and ma the mainstream academics didn't reach out, mm. didn't offer the guidance that was needed at that time. Entertainment. And people turned to each other. Mm. People, I mean, they, their mentoring was the television programme. Yeah. They learnt their techniques from Zach and from Jason and from Yvette. Mm. And then they swapped ideas on the burgeoning social media. Facebook mm. comes along in 2004, I think it is. Twitter the year or so later. And it just skyrockets. Mm. We've got over 1,000 paranormal teams in the UK. In this little small island, we've got 1,000 paranormal teams. Poor more, ghosts aren't getting any more, breathers well, anymore. What's interesting is that... I, I did some back of the envelope figures for one of the books, for one of the presentations, and we expend over over half a million man hours a year on Friday and Saturday night hunting for ghosts. Really? Where is the evidence? Well, I was oh, going to say somebody's got to see something because, somewhere. Surely. Yeah, because by chance alone, with this number of people armed to the teeth with night vision tech and all manner of connect other technology, tech. which body maps. I tried the connect technology. I'm not knocking this by the way with anyone, but I tried it. And the, the technology is there to map a body, mm -hmm. and it took uh, a shell for some cups, yeah. and it made the shape of a body out of it because that's what it's programmed to do. Yeah. Oh, well, I was in I was in America with uh, Jeff Belanger from, and we actually had the the SLS camera from Ghost Adventures, Zach's own SLS camera, and you can it's it's programmed to look for a human figure, so it's looking for a vertical two horizontals for their arms and a terminator for a head right and a corner of a door you know the the way it's sort of arranged yeah. you've got yeah. the vertical edge of the door frame yeah and it makes a perfect figure and we had people holding this camera and creating a ghost in this doorway yeah and by mo getting them to move a hand an inch or two up down left right oh there's the figure move your hand that way there's a figure gone move it back there's a figure um. and they were going and that's what they said oh immediately they walked back to their colleagues mm. and friends they said that was incredible but it's not like how zach gets it to do oh no oh what? immediately it's big money because yeah. it's entertainment it's like anything's yeah. like wrestling yeah. well, it's it, like anything therefore it must be true must yeah. be true yeah, exactly. wwf yeah it must be real i love wrestling. it do you think it's my two favorite things are the paranormal and wrestling <laughs> and those are the two things that get most criticism for being what fake. about mo both at the same time <laughs> there is the Undertaker, I guess. <laughs> well, I reckon we should have some music and a deep and take a breath. Mm. Yes, let's have some more Christmas music. Oh, yum! From hopefully, uh, hopefully from um, Sir Bob, Sir Bob, and Sir Midge, and Sir Midge. <laughs> Christmas time There's no need to be 
Sir Bob. It was. Does does he know it's Christmas? I don't know. Apparently. Anyway, our guest tonight, as we rush headlong towards the end of the West Files. He has, knows it's Christmas. Has been, yeah, he does know it's Christmas. Mm. And he might be back in on Christmas Eve. Oh, come on, like, if you're stuck, you know, you probably well, not get that a better guest. Oh, I you know. You probably get a better guest. I mean, but like, if you're stuck <laughs> and no one's, you know, no one's listening. No, I mean, I think there's, I think we're only halfway through this discussion anyway. Yeah. We've got loads of ghost stories to talk about. Yeah, because on Christmas Eve, I do want to tell some ghost stories. Let's tell some ghost stories. So, uh, would you join us on Christmas Eve? Of course I will. I'm, I'm at my dad's in uh, Halford West we'll, in this we'll, very time. Should I bring the fire in the marshmallows? Yes. yes. And your witches. Yeah. Oh, no, you're going as an elf. I'm coming Anyway, tonight's guest who will be joining us for Christmas Eve storytelling, uh, has been Gavin Lee Davis. Mm. Author, best-selling author. Yes. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, that's what it says here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, it says yeah. on the book. You don't believe everything you read in books. Um, I'm buy you better not say that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the new book, Haunted Horror of Haverford West, is a prequel sequel. Prequel to, sequel to, to a Most Haunted book, House, which is included. Which is included. 
And there's also uh, a very generous free offer. Yeah, anybody out there, if you haven't read Ghost Sex Violation, which is my Not for book, children. No. Oh, God, no. It's brutal. Don't it's leave this where your 12-year-old can find it. Uh, I'll send you an e- e- email PDF, okay? It's Ghost Sex Violation. It's my second book. The one I got all the death threats for, the one who went straight into number one in like about a week and made, made it all to the papers and all that kind of stuff. I wish I hadn't have called it Ghost Sex Violation. The, the, the people who were like helping me want me to call it ghost rape, which I thought was not very subtle at all. So if you'd like I a once referred of, to it as ghost socks. Ghost socks. Yeah. Your mother cooks socks in hull. Yeah, that was one of the lines in The Exorcist, yeah, yeah. if I remember. Yeah. Um, if you want a copy of this book, right, just because you listen to the West Files on Pure West Radio, right here in Pembrokeshire, West Wales, email me at paranormalchronicles at aol.com or go to the Paranormal Chronicles Facebook like page or group page. Just message me with your email address. And guess what? As soon as I can, I will send you a free PDF version and you can read that lovely pdf sign i don't know if i can sign (laughs) and if you didn't hear everything then he said we have the podcasts up at approximately 10 past 11 so you can listen again what's on tonight again yeah we're on on endlessly we're on endlessly i like it i hope when i die it's just us in the studio it might well be (laughs) forever this is our heaven it might be us in the computer no, no, I'm not doing a debate show with you that two. That might be. Yeah. No, I mean, we're no, no, no. We no. might be our own ghosts. Yeah, it's like the others. It's like the movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we're actually that haunting could, ourselves. That could be you and I inside that machine trying to let yeah. you and I know that we're in there. Well, why don't we to play some decent music? You did. The Pixies, Where's My Mind? Okay, apart from that one. He <laughs> did Planet in the UK. Yeah, he picked yeah, okay, This is the coolest one. radio show in all of Wales. <laughs> it's because it's... Re- Talks about ghosts, place of pixies. It's rehearsed. Yeah. Even the ad, it's, even the ad libs are rehearsed. Yeah. I'm really you sure you've got just, scripts. You've got yeah. scripts. I didn't think I mean, you'd have scripts. People just think we make this shit up. Yeah. <laughs> They've actually got scripts, guys. Yeah. Very well written. Steve's are yeah. all yeah. in in red. Yeah. And Ronnie's all in green. And time to play out. Yes. And uh, get rid of the guest. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Gavin. Yeah, and thanks, Gavin, for we'll, coming in. We'll be talking to you real soon. Oh, yes. And we have a guest next week, don't we? Don't we? Um, yes, of course we do. Yes, we do. What's the date next week? We know. do. We have Dr. Simon Hancock. Yeah, there you go, then. Imagine. There we go. There we go. Another I don't know what date it is. And teller of ghostly, spooky oh. stuff. So this has been The West Files. This is... In the, the spooky basement. Yeah, in the spooky basement. Outside the spooky, haunted St Mary's With a very churchyard. spooky, haunted computer tonight. It has been Which you did wonderfuls on. I don't know what it did, but no, but it worked. I I said, uh, yeah, well, there was some. I read it was Fred Bat. I read Fred yeah. Bat sort of. Ah, oh, um, there you go then. Yeah, in nominee poetry, in meat yeah. pie, and yeah. Yeah. Good night. Night night.
download the Pure West Radio mobile app from the App Store or Google Play. Pure West Radio. Say yo, Sean Kingston. Your way to beautiful girl. That's why it'll never work. You have me suicidal, suicidal. When you say it's over, damn all these Radio. 